Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, thank you. Six feet back. How are we all doing today? Come on, give it up for the worship team. What a great job. We've got a handful of team in the room. Hey, before I go any further into this message that God's put on my heart, I have got to give some love to where love is due. Uh, it is my anniversary. Liz and I have been married today for 12 years. I think we got a picture of her from 12 years ago. Let's see, is it pop? There it is. Hello. Hello. Oh yeah, give Liz some love. Smoking hot 12 years later, a decade of destiny. A decade of desire, what? Okay, losing my train of thought here, but baby, I know you're watching right now online at home. We probably have all the kids around you, and I'm so blessed to have you in my life. What an amazing wife, an amazing woman, an amazing leader. Uh, what a gift you are to me and to our family, and happy anniversary to you. And church family, uh, we were gonna be in the room today gathering. Obviously with the increase of what we've seen, we decided to push it off a few weeks. Uh, but we are missing you. I, I hope you're missing church as well. I'm glad to see you tuning in. I can see your comments as they're coming in. Uh, thank you for the happy anniversary. Love everybody. Thank you, Paula. I believe she's beautiful as well. And uh, awesome. Hannah Foster, 12 years on the 12th. Yeah, it's kind of like the golden anniversary today. We're going to keep it golden. But hey, we are missing you, church. Um, I'm really proud of you for your perseverance in this season. But we're also here to help you if you need something. Uh, I know this has been a, a lot longer season than any of us could have ever predicted. Uh, I know you might be going through some things, but you don't have to go through it alone. In fact, on hillsongkconline.com, there's an online digital connect card. If you need anything at all, you want to share anything with us, if we can help you and serve you in any way, go and fill one of those out. Put your information on there, and we'll contact you so that we can bring some help to you. And we're looking to August 2nd, August 2nd, just three weeks away before we gather back together at both of our locations we'll keep the thing going online but I'm, I'm believing uh, that that's gonna become a reality for us and so what we're gonna do is we're not gonna just wait our time for the next three weeks uh, we're gonna let God use this time to refine us to grow us and to build us up in fact we're gonna do a 21 day really starting right here right now we've called it look up level up how to win in your world we're not just going to wait till this thing is over we're going to let god do a lasting work we actually believe that through resistance there's a reward that we can actually get better if we don't give up but we give our attention over to god and we trust in him so we're going to believe that your faith is going to be built that your encouragement level is going to go up and that your life will level up through everything that we're facing resistance does have a reward if you learn to work it in your favor in fact, for the next 21 days, we'll be sending you content, encouragement, uh, a few scriptures for you to anchor yourself to. And you can text the word if you want to get in on this, and everyone should. In fact, you should share it with your friends. Text the word 21 days, all one word, 21 days to 816-408-3384. That's 21 days, 816 408 33 something something they took it off the screen there it is 3384 and uh, we would love love to get on this journey with you and uh, I've prepared some things I'll be speaking to you daily 
uh, some of the team will, and some of our Hillsong team and friends of Hillsong Church from around the globe will have an encouraging word for all of us as well. We're going to keep looking up. We're not going to look just to what's around us. We're not going to look down at just our place of discouragement. We're going to look up to God, and we're going to level up. We're going to win in our world. Amen? Amen, amen. I want to pray, and then I'm going to jump into the Word, and thankful for the worship team. What a phenomenal job. I cannot wait for everyone who's watching online that has the opportunity to join us in person in a few weeks just to experience worship again. So one of the, the, the hallmarks of our church is passionate praise and worship and truly the presence of God. I know God can show up anywhere that you're at in your car. Uh, he can show up in your living room, uh, wherever you might be watching this right now. He's there with you. But there's just something about our collective praise that is powerful. And I cannot wait to experience that with you in the very near future. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. It always does what it's supposed to do when we do what we're supposed to do. So what we're going to do right now by faith is we're going to choose to listen. We're going to choose to lean in. Lord, I have something prepared that you put on my heart, but you have something prepared for every heart, every soul, no matter where they're at in life, no matter where they have momentum or are lacking it, in one moment, one word from you can change everything, it can change their inside world, can change their outside circumstances. And so, Lord, we're leaning in. We need a word from heaven. I think that your word doesn't return void. It will accomplish what you have intended it to accomplish. And we thank you. Your purpose will prevail in Hillsong, Kansas City. Every individual, every family, every marriage, I think we're being strengthened inside. And we're going to see victory in our outside world. In Jesus' name. Can I get an amen even on the chat? Give me some digital amens, if you would. Awesome. Thank you, worship team. Phenomenal job. Hey, I want to look at an overlooked story in the Old Testament jumped out to me this week um, as I was kind of just trying to prepare. Honestly, as I'm preparing a word for even myself, because the longer we've delayed, um, I, I liked online church for about, uh, about 45 seconds. And I know it's powerful, and I, I, we've been doing it for years. We'll keep doing it from, from after the time we come gather together. But the reality is I love to be in the room with church family. And so as I was preparing some thoughts and some scriptures to encourage you for our 21 days to look up and to level up, I came across this story, and it just spoke to me. This was really a word I think God had for me. I believe he's had a word in this for you as well. King David, not, not too long before he became king, because there's a big gap between that anointing moment and the appointing of the throne. In fact, it was about... 15 years old, when the prophet Samuel showed up to his house, overlooked all his other brothers, who his own family thought that they were way more qualified than David, so much so that when Samuel asked for the sons of Jesse to be brought into the room, they didn't even bring them in. Maybe people have left you out of the room. Maybe people have overlooked you for years. God knows right where you're at, and he will come and find you where you're at. But he's anointed to be the next king, really God's chosen true king over the kingdom of Israel. And yet from that moment to the moment he receives the crown, there's about a 14, 15 year gap from that place. Uh, and I think it speaks to us that right before that breakthrough season for David, that he actually had one of his greatest breakdowns. This is what we're going to see in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Right before David has one of his greatest breakthroughs, what really is destiny, life-defining moment, he actually has a, a moment of absolute, um, a, a, not just a distraction, but a total attack. His leadership gets discredited. 
uh, he has a complete reversal in his momentum. And this message is for any one of us, all of us maybe, that, that you've been holding on to a God dream, but it seems farther off than when the dream first came to you. This message is for anyone who feels like you've been delayed in your destiny. This message is for you if your current situation is way below your, your expectation. In fact, if yesterday you were believing for something greater than you're believing for today, this message is for you. And I've titled it simply this, gut check. Gut check. This kind of a sports phrase that when you're getting beaten or when you're starting to lose or when you're lacking momentum, you got to look inside every once in a while and really find that strength, like that intestinal fortitude, internal strength, so that you can then look up and then level up. And I think for many of you that are watching right now, it is a gut check season for your life. Uh, the coach of Clemson College Football, and I'm praying we will have college football and pro football in Jesus' name because the Chiefs need to go back to back. Um, Dabo Sweeney is the coach of Clemson. He had a famous statement about four or five years ago where he said to his team, hey, you got to bring your own guts. Got to bring your own guts. In other words, no one can give you courage for yourself. No one can tell you to be strong on the inside. You've got to choose it for yourself. And what we see in David in this story is that he has a, a gut check, an inside look on what he really believes in his most gut-wrenching day of his life. And I, I, I've said this before, but I love David because David, I know he's like this king and I know he slayed the giant. Uh, I know he's like God's warrior. He's also a poet. But the truth is David didn't come from very much. His family wasn't all that celebrated. Again, like I said before, he was overlooked by his own family. I feel like I got some things in, in common with David. David is my middle name. It's also my older brother's middle name. So when my mom lacked in creativity, she made up with a commitment to the Word of God and to the Bible. They said that David was ruddy in appearance, which the Bible translates as red. He could have been a ginger. No wonder he was so anointed. But David, I think, is relatable for all of us because you might not be an, a king of a nation or defeat a literal giant, but you can have an anointing from God. Yeah. And God can find you in obscurity. Yeah. One thing we learned about David is David, David was faithful behind the scenes when no one else was looking. And it, it reminds all of us that God's always looking. And David's destiny opened up before him after a long season of faithfulness. It speaks to me that God's always looking for faithful people. God's not just looking to pick people out of the palace who have already been positioned by man to be influential. God's actually looking out to the pasture. Who will do the jobs behind the scenes when no one else is watching? And every one of us, like David, can choose faithfulness. David, again, overlooked by his family, but God saw him. He was left in the field, but God found him. He was persecuted by his authority, his, his king, King Saul. But God actually used those that were against him to make him stronger, to make him into the man or the king that God wanted. I think he's also relatable because David made some mistakes. He wasn't perfect. To me, that, that encourages me. I hope that encourages you that I don't have to be perfect to fulfill the perfect plan of God for my life. And maybe you've been holding on to a, a past season of regret or your current status of defeat. What we can learn from David and be like David is that God can use us even when we've, we've made errors, even when we've made mistakes. I like David because he's emotional. 
I mean, read the Psalms. He's got an emo season that he went through. And I think it teaches us that God's okay with us having some highs and lows. God's okay with us not always feeling victorious or saying the right thing all the time, that we can be raw and authentic with our, with our God. In fact, David wrote some songs that he's in absolute distress in. And for me, that's helpful. It means I can cry out to God. I don't have to have all my words perfectly figured out. I can tell him how I really feel. And I believe God is speaking to you. I think there's some King David on the inside of you right now where he's calling you out of obscurity into your place of promotion. And no matter what sort of thing, you're, maybe it's a gut-wrenching season for you, but you can have a gut check just like David did. And you can get on to the thing that he's prepared for you to walk in. In 1 Samuel 30, the, this, this passage starts out with David and his warriors uh, are returning back from like a great victory. And him and his squad, they're on 10. Like everything is working. They've had victory after victory after victory. They've got momentum. And momentum is a very powerful thing. Sir, Sir Isaac Newton, he, he talks about momentum. It's where mass and velocity meet. It's where like weight or strength and speed come together. Momentum is the strength of force gained by motion or a series of events. And David and his men, they had some momentum because one event, one battle after another, they've had this series of victories. And momentum is when things just get on a roll and begin to work for you. And with the less effort, you can actually accomplish more. There's more advancement for you with actually less effort. I believe it's a season of momentum for your life. And if you've lost that momentum, we're going to learn today how to get it back. Because David's momentum, for him and his men, it's at an all-time high, but it's about ready to evaporate because they get, they get like sucker punched from something they did not see coming. Because while the warriors were away, the enemy came to their own home, their own hometown, and took everything that they valued. Let's look at the passage, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 3. When David and his men reached Ziklag, Ziklag is the name of the city, and it means fortress. It's their place of power, protection, a place of peace. They came back home to celebrate with, with their families the victory that God brought, but they found it destroyed by fire. Their wives and their sons and daughters have been taken captive. So David and the men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. In other words, they were all cried out. Maybe that's where you're at right now with what life has dictated to you. Maybe work, economy, fear, anxiety has got you cried out and you have no more tears to shed. That's where they found themselves. Greatly distressed, it says. David was greatly distressed, what it says in verse 6. For now the people spoke of stoning him. He was their victorious leader, but now he's become their enemy. Because all the people, it says, were bitter in their inside world. They were bitter in their soul. Good news for us. Don't hold on to bitterness. It will only hold you back. But each one of their sons and daughters had been taken from them. But David had a decision. Do I run away from this conflict? Do I give up on the dream? Do I quit because my momentum is gone? No, the Bible says David stayed where he was at, but he did something. He had a gut check moment. It says David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. 
One translation says, David encouraged himself. This is a word for you. Maybe you're all alone. Maybe you've been in isolation like some of us have for far too long, but you're never alone. There's a God on the inside of you, and when everyone else has walked out on you, you can still look up to him. In fact, if you learn to look up to him, you'll level up in life. And sometimes you need to learn to encourage yourself. Sometimes no one else is going to give you the attaboy, the encouragement, tell you that you're awesome, that you're amazing. You need to look inside. It's that gut check moment. Because those that had his back up to this point, those that were with him, heart and soul, they had bitterness in their soul towards him now. Now they're at his throat. And yet David, it says, takes a moment, has this gut check and learns that, hey, God's still with me. God's promises are not going to fail. God will have not, has not brought me this far to leave me here. David has a gut check moment and he learns to win from within. Every single one of us, this is going to be a season. Maybe you're not facing it right now, but one day you will. You're going to need to learn to look inside to the God who will strengthen you. Just like we sang, Christ is that cornerstone. He's the anchor that holds us in place. He's really the only firm foundation in a world where things can change so quickly. And we've all experienced that this last few months. In a world that's so tumultuous, he is a steady strength. And he's on the inside of you. As a believer, you've always got something that you can go to that will give you an inside strength. And this is a gut check season. This is a gut check season for me. As we've pushed back the time of gathering together, I'll be honest with you, I was so frustrated. I am so ready to fill up our, our, our church and to see people face to face. I had to really like determine inside. No, God, you did not, like this is not a surprise to you. You know what you're doing. And as we're doing our very best to be good neighbors and good leaders, I've had that gut check moment to realize that, hey, because we had like crazy momentum in church in February. And before you know it, like all of a sudden, it seems like everything's been put on halt. But what I love about our church is that when we can't maybe do all the things on the outside that we wanted to do, we've been looking inside of what we can do. We've been doing things like the House of Hope and feeding people. Then in the next few weeks, we're going to go over a million meals given away as a church. There's an inner strength for you to find. And I think it's gut check season for everyone. In 2020, every single church I was talking to in relationship with, we're just talking about big vision, 2020 vision. Everyone preached that in January. Now we're preaching, just hold on, <laughs> endure. You're going to overcome. And maybe you had some big plans. Maybe the enemy slowed down some things. Maybe work was going well, and now you find yourself out of work. Maybe your relationships were really starting to, to thrive, and now you find yourself in isolation again. Maybe you had some great things coming your way, and before you know it, it feels like they've seemed canceled. Momentum has stalled. Maybe you don't feel like you're moving forward anymore. Maybe you actually feel like you're going in reverse, just like David, who one day had all the momentum, and then something he didn't see coming stole it from him. He was coming home with the victor. All of a sudden, he finds himself in a place where nobody's with him. In fact, people that were with him are now against him. And yet he looks inside to find some inner strength. He has a gut check moment. What do we do when things don't seem to be working out for us? 
What do we do when we have this expectation for our future, and yet it seems to turn into calamity? It happens to all of us. What I believe we need to do is look inside. There is a greater strength on the inside. The Apostle Paul says it's possible. It's possible to keep getting stronger inside, even when things are going wrong outside. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart. In other words, you've got to keep your inside world in order. Don't lose inside. Though outwardly we are wasting away, outwardly it doesn't feel like it's working. Outwardly it seems like I'm falling behind. Uh-uh. That's not where destinies are defined. They're defined in your inside world. It's a soul decision. It's a heart decision. It's a gut check decision. Inwardly, we're being what? We're being renewed. I'm wasting away in my life out there, but I'm getting stronger where it matters the most. Day by day, we're going 21 days to getting strong in our inside world. The Apostle Paul says, hey, it's possible to seem like you're losing in life, but still be winning in here. And he says, hey, if you can win anywhere, win in here. Win in here. I love this from 3 John 2. Apostle John says, hey, I wish above all that you'd prosper in everything in your life, that you'd be in good health and you prosper. He says, as your soul prospers. In other words, if your soul can prosper, if your inside world can prosper, it's not long until the rest of your life, the rest of your world catches up with your inside world. Maybe your soul today is not singing praises to God right now. Hey, it happens again to all of us. You're in great company, though, because every Bible great, every amazing leader has had a dark season of the soul. David, we find him in one of his. We know that David still finished his destiny, still gets the kingdom, still brings his legacy, and through his lineage brings Christ into the world. But David had some dark days that he had to walk through. In Psalm chapter 6, David says, have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. I mean, it's good to be honest with God. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My inside world is in pain. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? That's the big question every one of us is asking. How long will this pain last? How long will this frustration continue? How long will this storm be? Last Friday, I was driving down with my family to spend time with my parents, uh, to love on my mom and dad and celebrate the 4th of July with them. And I could see as I was driving down um, to to Oklahoma, which is not a great journey, uh, but I was driving back down, I I could see some storm clouds starting to push in and they were moving in quick. Uh, And so I kind of, you know, by the grace of God, I just sped up just a little bit. Um, don't at me, Karen. Uh, I was speeding just up a little bit, but then the, the storm caught up to us. And I mean, it was a storm. It was pouring down rain, so much so that I could barely see in front of me. Uh, but I could see the, the lines. You know what I'm talking about? The dividing lines. Uh, in fact, a lot of cars and trucks, they pulled over, quitters. They pulled over. But I remember seeing, before we went into this storm, I remember seeing that, hey, there's daybreak on the other side. So if I just kept pushing on, I know that I would get through. And sure enough, I did. I think most of those people that stopped in that moment, they got stuck in the storm for longer. But because like I had, and even Liz was like, we should pull over. I'm like, woman, don't mess with me right now. I would never call her a woman. I'd be sleeping on the couch. But anyways, I just kept going. But I could see that there would be an end to it. 
The problem with most of the storms that we face is we don't know when it's going to end. Uh, the current financial crisis that you might be in, you don't know exactly when it's going to end. But what you can do, spiritually speaking, is what I did naturally speaking, is stay in your lane. You can know that if I can just see that this is where I'm supposed to be, I'm not going to allow the storm that I'm in or the adversity I'm facing to get me to veer off to stop what I know I'm supposed to do, where I know I'm supposed to go when it comes to serving God, when it comes to loving people, when it comes to digging into the Word, when it comes to praising Him even when you don't feel like it. This is your lane. This is where you're called to be. And I do know this, although I don't know when the storm will stop, I do know that if you do not quit moving forward, you will get through what you're going through. You will get to the other side. It says that the, the, the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in this world. In other words, what's on the inside of you is greater than anything that could happen in this world. This is why we need a God. This is why we cannot live just based upon the encouragement of others. Now, if you're living in isolation, not a part of community, even in this season, there's a way to get connected with others online. There's a way to watch church and, and, and home to home. Every one of us needs the voice of encouragement from others. God made us that way. But he did make us in, in, in a way to be able to tap into his voice when no one else is around to encourage us. So David did. David had a moment where he just decided, you know what? No one else is giving me encouragement. I'm going to go ahead and encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. And how does he do that? It doesn't tell us exactly. But I do know this. It probably had some praise. It probably had some worship. He probably verbally reminded himself how far God had brought him out of the pasture, even into this current place of pain. God had still been good to him through the years. And he looked inside, had a gut check moment. And it gave him some strength and some fortitude to keep going in faith. What is in you is greater than what is against you. Come on, church. Tell somebody around you. Put it on the chat right now. I'm going to keep going. I'm not leaving my lane. I'm not giving up just because I'm in a storm. I will get through this thing I'm facing. I will get on to what God has for me. Every one of us is going to have a season of being tired, frustrated. God, God doesn't, never seems to work on our timeline. Isaiah 40 says that even the youth, even young people, will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. But those, but they that, that wait on the Lord, wait for the Lord, shall what renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings, like eagles. They can run and not be weary. They can walk forward and not faint. In other words, it's not just for the young it's not just for the rich. It's not just for the successful. It's not just for the loved. It's for anyone that will learn to wait on God, to weigh into God, to lean in to him. There's a renewed strength coming for those that know how to check their heart, have a gut check moment, how to encourage themselves. You know, waiters, what do waiters do uh, when you go to a restaurant? They, they take orders. And that's what when we wait on God. I know it's talking about being in his presence and listening to his voice, but I believe this for every one of you this week, maybe even later today, if you've been discouraged, if you've been doubtful, 
If you've been in distress, maybe you're experiencing your very own ziklag kind of moment where your fortress is on fire. That which you put your strength in is seeming to falling apart. If you will learn to wait on the Lord and get some orders, some directions, some commandments from him, you can move on. This is why having a foundation in the word of God is so vital for your victory and your destiny. You need him to speak to you. I think God speaks to us in three ways. He speaks to us through his word primarily. He speaks to us by his Holy Spirit, his voice significantly. And he speaks to us through others, the community of faith. And this is a church that we were going to encourage you. Be a man or woman of the word. Be a person that leans into the power of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're around right believers speaking the right things about your future. And if you do those things, it won't be long before you as you wait on the Lord that your strength is coming back. We see in 1 Samuel 30 that David, he strengthens himself. He encourages himself. He has that gut check moment, and then he cries out to God and gets direction of what to do next. When you cry out to God, he is not going to respond in silence. He's going to give you the next step. It might not seem like a step that's going to produce momentum, but the more you begin to walk in step with his word and his whisper, the more you're going to see momentum coming back into your life. Jesus says in John 16, verse 33, I've told you these things so that you may have peace in the midst of storms, that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus says, trouble's coming for every single one of us. But take heart. But strengthen yourself. But have a gut check every once in a while. Because Jesus says, hey, I'm with you, and I have overcome this world. Just the verse before that, Jesus is telling them, hey, all of you that have been with me, I know there's a day coming when you're not going to be here. You will leave me all alone. Yet he says, but I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Just like the warriors turned on David, Jesus understood that everyone in his posse wouldn't always be singing his praises. He realized that he wouldn't always be popular with everybody, that those that were with him one day might abandon him. But he says, no, but I know who's still with me. I know I've got God on my side. I've got God on my inside world. And if I can anchor myself to that, I'll see a victory on the horizon. I got a couple things for you. I want to go real quick. Just some things I think will inspire you, encourage you. Some next steps for you uh, is this, that, that when, like, when those have been, who were with you have been walking out on you, when those maybe that used to encourage you, maybe it was something you just found comfort in, it's no longer there. I think to have a gut check means you got to check your validation. Like, where am I being validated from? Am I being validated by the voices of others? Or am I finding my encouragement from the voice of God? This is where we all have to learn to live from acceptance from God, not from the approval of people. Every one of us. And it's so easy. And God puts people into our world to be encouragement, to be a help. The Bible says brothers were born for times of adversity. The Bible also says, but there is a friend, speaking of the Holy Spirit, who will stick closer than any natural brother, any spiritual brother. He'll be there with you when no one else is. That's why we learn to live from acceptance from God, not for the approval of people. David had lost the approval of his people, but he had not lost the acceptance of his God. He had not lost the validation from his God. I think David, deep down, could look back to 14 years before, nearly 15 years before, 
And when his own family didn't accept or approve of him, the prophet Samuel still came to him. And the word that Samuel said was that God doesn't look on the outside, doesn't look at all the wins you might be having, doesn't look based upon your appearance. God's looking at your heart. God's looking at where do you have the guts to keep up? Who's going to do the right thing when it's not the easy thing? No one else thought much of David that he wasn't all that good, but God saw on the inside there was something great for him. And long after the anointing oil had been washed out of David's hair from Samuel, God's anointing was still on him. Long after the moment of encouragement or that prophecy was given, David knew he could anchor himself that God's word will come to pass. And even though these people that used to be for me are now against me, I'm not in fear because I know God's made a promise and he's going to be good to it. I don't know how he's going to get me through this situation. I'm all cried out, but God, I'm still crying out to you. I'm still strengthening myself. And you would not have brought me this far to not bring it to pass. Here at Ziklag, David had 14 years from the validation of heaven, and yet he's still anchored in to God's word. Good news for you. Good news for us. No matter what anybody else is saying or has ever said about you, you are accepted by God. You are approved by your king. You have been chosen by heaven to bring heaven to earth. You are anointed to win. You are destined to rule and reign with Christ. Jesus' life took some guts, some inside strength. And we have that connection, that heart connection to him that can't be taken away from us. Long before Jesus fulfilled his purpose on the earth, to say it is finished on the cross. Before he did anything from God, anything to, to preach or declare or miracles, he just simply obeyed God. He was baptized. He says, I, I, I'm now starting my ministry. He did it in front of people. And what happened was the public affirmation of heaven came on his life. God said, this is my son. To you, he's saying, this is my son. Maybe it's, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Before he did anything for God, he had a validation and an approval from God. Friend, do you know, you might have gotten saved last week. You might have made your biggest mistake last month. You might be in the worst season of your life right now. You still have the approval of God. You still have the mercy, the grace, the, 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 the touch of heaven is still on your life. You can still say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Although I might not like this season I'm in, I'm choosing to strengthen myself in this season because God is, God is with me. This, this, if this isn't a foundational truth that you're building your life from, it is no wonder you've been so rocked in this season of struggle. Maybe God is going to use this, just like God can turn anything around for good. For those that love God and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8. Maybe God is going to use this current place of pain, this current season of struggle, for you to make that shift into your inside world. That I am not looking for the approval of people. I'm going to live from the place where I've been chosen by heaven. Second thing I think we, all of us have to do is you've got to check your motives. By checking your motives, I mean you've got to live for kingdom come. Write that down. I'm going to live for kingdom come. Not, not, not my own kingdom, but God's kingdom. 
I think David knew. David knew, obviously, he was going to be king. And yet he wasn't ruling and reigning in this season of life. And yet he knew God had promised him, hey, you're going to be the leader of my people. And so David had something to look to. He says, hey, I know that I'm called to make an impact in this kingdom of Israel for God's people. And this isn't happening right now, but this is what God has told me would happen. So I'm gonna live from a perspective. The kingdom come is gonna become the reality of my life. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Do you know that every single one of us, we can be a man or woman after God's own heart? In other words, what matters to God's heart matters to your heart. Jesus says, Matthew 6, seek the kingdom above all else and everything that you truly, really need in this life, everything you really need to win will be added to you when you make that the, the place of priority. In other words, when you live, David, God chose David because he knew he wouldn't make it all about himself, that he would be victorious and strong for his people. He lived kingdom come. Really, he lived kingdom first. Far before Jesus said it, he modeled it. He was gonna do what was right for the kingdom. In the same way, every one of us, we might not come from very much, but we're still called to great things. And the best way to keep your life full right now in a season of emptiness is to pour yourself out for others. It changes your perspective. It starts to bring encouragement back to you when you no longer live for yourself. And you might be going through the worst season that you've ever experienced. I bet you right around the corner from you is someone who's going through worse. And if you want encouragement, the Bible says, go ahead and encourage somebody else. If you want fulfillment, go ahead and bring some fulfillment to somebody else. And if you live with the priority of it's about God and people above me, you're going to learn to strengthen yourself. Your gut strength is going to get a whole lot stronger because God just gives a special grace that hum for those that humble themselves and serve others. David had a kingdom to lead and he knew he wasn't there yet and that God would be true to his word. Hey, make that shift in your mind right now. Put your priorities in right order. And when you do that, when it's kingdom first, you will find the strength to persevere. Hey, there's a whole lot of noise in our world right now. Whole lot of noise. Lots of pain and injustice. A lot of attack. I mean, the, the political season is upon us. I'm hoping that this is the end of the world and Jesus returns before the first Tuesday in November because there's so much animosity and so much anger and so much bitterness. I'm not trying to discredit the frustration that you feel. I'm just saying when we get caught up in all the noise, we miss the sound. There's a sound of heaven. There's a sound of freedom. There's a sound of peace. Jesus says, my sheep, my people, my followers, they know my voice. They're not following every other voice out there. They know how to find my voice. And when you find his voice, you'll find his way for you. Hey, if you're dealing with discouragement, sometimes you gotta get quiet. Part of your gut check might be to get some solitude from all the noise and distraction out there. I put it down this way, you might wanna write this down. When I learn to turn, tune out the noise, I've gotta turn up the sound. When I learn to quiet my world, I will hear the voice that made the whole universe. There's nothing greater than that. One word, one whisper from Almighty God can bring the affirmation you need, the wisdom you need, the direction you need, the encouragement you need. David encouraged himself. He found that voice. Right after he had just enough courage, he went and seeks after a, a prophet who tells him exactly what God 
has for him to do next. Hey, maybe for you right now, so much discouragement, animosity, so much noise going on, maybe it's a time to turn down the news, social media. I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm not here to give you some sort of religious one, two, three, some sort of legalistic step, no. But you know what's distracting you. You know what's causing more noise and not enough sound of heaven. You need to know what you need to do to turn down all the other things so you can turn up and tune in to what God is saying. And this is the last thing I have for you. In loud times like this, you need to get louder. You need to get louder. What am I talking about? I'm talking about instead of highlighting or hiding away all the hurt that you're feeling, you need to start singing more praise more worship, crying out to God, and declaring His Word as the ultimate reality in your world. Look, words of negativity will destroy your destiny. And I realize there might be a lot more negative things that you're looking at. That's why you gotta look inside. That's why I can't go look around. I gotta strengthen myself. It's gut check season for every single one of us. I gotta look into who God has been to me what he said to me, what he has for me. And that needs to be the thing I say over my life and declare. I realize this is gonna be a stretch, but I believe when you begin to see it like God sees it and say it like he said it, that you're gonna have it like he wants it. I love what David says, Psalms 103 verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is where? Within me. Everything in my guts right now. Bless the Lord, oh my inside world, and everything in my heart. I'm going to bless his holy name. We got to command my soul, command my strength on the inside to begin to praise God on the outside. Sometimes it is awkward, especially if you've never done it before. It seems, it seems a little strange. But I'll tell you, there's some power in unleashing what you really believe on the inside in your outside world. Sometimes you gotta shout at your soul. You gotta remind yourself, because there's so much noise going on. This is not all that I'm going to see. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna have a breakthrough. I'm gonna get some peace in this season. I'm gonna see God's purpose prevail. I'm gonna check myself on the inside. I'm gonna strengthen myself in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if you can learn to change your internal, I think sometimes with an external confession, I believe every time you'll change your direction. Quit highlighting your pain. Quit highlighting your problem. Stop, start hollering some praise at your healer, at your problem solver, as your heavenly father. Begin to declare how good he is, even when you haven't seen his goodness. And the Bible says, you will live to see God's goodness in the land of the living. It will happen to you. Hey, the same God that opened up the Red Sea can direct your steps. The same God that brought down the high walls of Jericho with some praise and some shouting could break down any barrier that's been before you. The same God that used a little baby born in a manger to save all of humanity can use the small beginnings in your world to do the impossible. David, in his moment of discouragement, chooses courage. Discourage to courage, little choice. Dis is a little prefix. Attach it to any word, and it becomes negative. Something could appear or could disappear. You could obey or you could disobey. You could be honest or you could be dishonest. You could agree or you could disagree. You could respect or you could disrespect. The choice is really small. It's a, it's a little tiny choice sometimes. And David had a little choice to make. Am I going to run away from these problems? Or am I going to find God's strength on the inside? Am I going to quit on the God plan? 
or I'm going to quiet all the noise around me. He chose to get honest with God. Then God appeared to him, began to speak to him. He encouraged himself instead of being discouraged. And he saw the victory that God had for him. Let me sum up all this story here. Hope you're getting something out of this today. It's great to be with you even though we're not in the room together. The Bible tells us in the rest of 1 Samuel 30 that David hears from God and knows what to do. And then a lot of the team that was with him, a lot of the warriors didn't go with him. But he still went after that which was his. And you might feel like your life is on pause right now. I'm telling you, keep pursuing the plan of God for your life. David goes after what was his, that which was taken. The Bible says with less warriors, he won a greater victory. Who gets the glory for that? God Almighty. Some of you right now, it's gut check season. And as you learn to encourage yourself, as you get some direction from heaven, you're going to go back into the fight. You might have had less than you had before, but there's a greater victory that gives all the glory to your God in heaven. He can make up the difference. Some people don't follow him, but guess what? David still gets their families back as well. Amazing thought as I close. The very next chapter tells us that Saul the king the thorn in the side to David dies in battle. And then the crown, after 14 and a half years of delay from the anointing, the crown, where does it show up? Not to Jerusalem. It comes to Ziklag. The crown comes to him. You think you've got to go get everything for yourself. You think you've got to make every promotion happen for yourself. You think you have to self-promote to get anyone to notice you. But if you stay faithful, if you check your heart, if you learn to encourage yourself, guess what? The appointment, the crown, is coming to you. It's coming for you. If you do not give up in a season of discouragement, you will then reap the harvest that God has for your life. What do I love about the end of this story is that the place of great pain becomes a kingdom place of promotion for your life. Your greatest weakness is about to be the place of your greatest reward. Come on, Hillsong, Kansas City, where you wanted to give up and where you wanted to quit is the exact place and point where God's going to give you that thing you can never get on your own where he's going to bring you that breakthrough that you can never make happen in your own ability. The crown is coming to you. Your place of hardship will be where heaven shows up. Your place of pain becomes a place of promotion. The barriers that have been holding you back, no, that's where your blessing and your breakthrough is going to happen. But it is your choice. When you feel discouraged, what are you going to do? You're going to encourage yourself. I want to pray for you. You feel discouraged today? A handful of us in the room, many of you watching online. If that's been you, says, hey, I've been discouraged. Even on, on, on chat right here, why don't you say something? Say, hey, that's me. I'm frustrated. I feel unfulfilled. I feel like more resistance. I feel my momentum is gone. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are good and you do good. I thank you that everything that's gone bad in our life and in our world, you have the ability to work it around for your purpose. What we have to decide is are we going to keep loving you, keep serving you, keep following you, keep obeying you, and work together collectively as a church family saying, yes, God, we're still in it. God, we're not giving up. 
Although we might have resistance, we trust there is a reward from heaven for us and we're leaning in like never before. And God, I thank you. You're bringing the crown to them. You're bringing the promotion to them. You're bringing the breakthrough to them. Lord, I thank you. We are choosing to take courage in who you are and what you have done for us and every promise that you've made in your word and everything that you've whispered to our heart. We're going to trust in that more than what we see right in front of us. And Lord, I thank you from a there's a turning point in this gut check moment for us as a church that where we have felt nothing but resistance is about ready to become a heavenly reward in Jesus name. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, this is the greatest reward in life is to know him and to be saved by him. I'd love to lead you in a short prayer. We're all going to pray together. Pray it out loud right where you're at just to get your heart right with heaven, to get your heart right. Receive that free gift of grace. Say this with me. Say, thank you, God, for giving me Jesus. Because of that gift, I am free from my sin. I receive the gift of salvation. I give you all of my baggage. I give you all of my brokenness. I receive all of your victory. I receive all of your righteousness. From today on, I am following you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, if you got anything out of this, here we celebrate. Hey, I love you all very much.